Welcome to Grace Notes. It's natural to want what you say and do to make a difference, to influence others. We're wired this way, and when this happens, we tend to feel successful. But is this really what God calls success, or is it just a byproduct of being successful? Success in our society means having power, influence, money, and prestige. But in the Christian arena, it means pleasing God. And when we please God, He will see that our efforts result in making a difference for His kingdom. With that thought in mind, our host Barbara Sandbeck will take us through the scriptures in a series of programs to find out how to please God, our Father, and how to influence others for His kingdom's sake. Jot the scripture references down, meditate on them, and allow them to influence your thinking. I often quote poems I've written in my concerts. I wrote one called "Our Worth" uh, to encourage myself and others in their Christian walk. It goes like this: You may not be called to be a great preacher, a strong, gifted leader, or inspiring teacher. You may not achieve what the world would call fame. There may be no cheers when one mentions your name. But if you are doing what God tells you to do, then you will be happy that He's pleased with you. For he's more concerned in who you've become as you grow in the likeness of his blessed Son. It's much more important to know that you're storing rewards up in heaven when you work for his glory. It doesn't take much for him to be grateful. All he asks is that we remain faithful. A man spoke to me after a concert where I read this and said that it was not possible to please God. Now, I knew the poem was based on scripture, so I checked again to make sure I was right. The main verse concerning what pleases God is found in Hebrews eleven six. It says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that He is or exists, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him." Now it's certainly easy to believe that God exists. Look around you. Romans one nineteen says that God can so clearly be seen in creation that mankind has no excuse for not believing. But there's more to this verse. We must also believe both in His promises and that He will keep them. He promises eternal life, which is our very great reward, to those who believe He is. What he revealed himself to be in Scripture, Jesus died and rose from the grave to pay the penalty for our transgression against God, and He will give us eternal life if we put our trust in Him as our Savior. We can't conjure faith up on our own; we just need to ask for the faith to believe. God then places Himself in us through the blessed Holy Spirit. Romans eight seven through nine. Written to believers, reiterates this: the carnal or merely human mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. The point in this verse is that we can't have any fellowship with God unless we believe these things, and furthermore, to please Him, we must come diligently, seeking Him to know Him with all our heart. Once we've received Him into our lives, it should be natural for us to want to do things that would please Him, 
As Hebrews 13, 15 through 16 states, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. I will be quoting are written to believers in Christ. Keep in mind that it is not good works that saves our soul. Our salvation is not of our works, rather of Jesus' work on the cross 
for us. God can only begin to be pleased with us when He sees us as righteous, in right standing with Him, because of the blood Jesus shed for us. Jesus takes our sin and gives us His righteousness. After we've believed, God expects us to work out, not for, our salvation through displaying Christ-like attributes. Verse 17 of Hebrews 13, written to believers, states, Do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Here are some verses concerning the do good required of us and the rewards we may receive for it. First John 3.22 reads, Whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commands and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Success in doing good isn't measured by the position we reach in life. It's measured by the obstacles we overcome. Hebrews 10.36 says, You need endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Galatians 6.9 reads, Let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Success also means the development of a mature and constructive personality. James 1.4 states the reason hard work is necessary. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James 1.12 cites the need to stand strong. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Every morning before my husband goes to work, I pray for him and try to encourage him. I remind him that what he does is important, but if it should go unnoticed, he shouldn't be upset, because he is working for the Lord and not men. And God smiles when he does his best. Colossians three twenty three through 24 confirms this. It says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. But you see, for believers, it's not just about developing for our own sake. It's about us developing and persevering for the sake of others. Matthew 5.16 tells us, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. When I plant my gardens, I sprinkle tiny seeds on top of the soil, pat them gently, then give them water and pray over them. I am always amazed at how many flowers and veggies come up, and in such a short time, I had nothing to do with the growing, but I did have to make the effort to plant those seeds. I sow a little, I get a lot. God calls us to plant seeds in the hearts of those with whom we come in contact. We share the truths of God. We live a Christ-like life in front of them. We water those truths by sharing how God is working them in our lives, and God makes the increase. Yes, it's natural to want a reward for a good job done here, but what's the best reward we could ever receive? Sharing eternity with someone we've led to Jesus. So, so into people's lives, little as much when God is in it, and He is pleased with our efforts. In a harvest field now ripen, there's the world.
Falston, Maryland, 21047. Or email us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us again on our next program. And until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise. Praise.